you're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, my friends, you are here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am so excited to have our guest today, my friend, coach, a fellow light worker out in the world, out there making a difference and unleashing some hearts. Nathaniel Solis is a self mastery, holistic, cosmic, wonderful, intuitive coach <laughs> that does all the things that coaches say they do. And Nathan, Nathaniel, I'm so excited that you're here. And and here to share your Unleashed Heart. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. My heart feels a little bit more unleashed already just from yeah. that, <laughs> that title. And I'm glad yes. I knew you were going to run with that too. So I'm glad that you did that. My pleasure. And, you know, I think it's funny because I think we can jump right the heck in with why that's funny and what, <laughs> mm -hmm. and what the heck it all means because, you know, I started following your message a little over a year ago and I've really enjoyed watching your stories where you just pause me in my day to breathe and mm -hmm. to not move as fast or to check out of the programming and constructs of whatever industry we are in, whatever society uh, standards we follow and kind of unplug and, and realize we can create our own structures. And so I want to dive right in there and have you kind of share how you started your own journey and, and a little bit about how your transformation has gone. Sure. Yeah. To put it really simply, I ran away from home before I graduated mm. high school and due to, you know, some, some trouble at the home front that kind of made me an auto entrepreneur because all of a sudden wow. I'm out there. And I got to figure it out. You know, I got to do it for myself. And it reminds me of uh, uh, Grant Cardone has a definition of entrepreneur. He says, anybody, if you have a checking account, <laughs> you're an entrepreneur. Uh, I like that. Right. Because it means you got to keep it full of something, right? You got to figure that out. You got to do it. Totally. So at this young age, and, and the reason I had a lot of those issues at home too, is I didn't agree with the system. You know, I was struggling in school and I would literally ditch class to stay at home and watch YouTube videos of things I was actually interested in learning about, like quantum physics or permaculture or self-healing or comparative religion and all these things that um, I didn't really have access to at school. And around that same time, I had started my first YouTube channel myself, um, mm -hmm. just kind of sharing my own insights. I had kind of absorbed enough things at that point that I was starting to create connections that I wasn't actually seeing and then realizing I had this sort of broader perspective. Mm -hmm. And that really focused around health and lifestyle and spirituality. And I didn't even know coaching was a thing then. I didn't know you could make money online. I didn't know people <laughs> made money off the ads on their videos or any of that kind of stuff. I was just doing it because that felt like my life purpose. I wasn't yeah. even worried about the, the money part yet, even though I didn't have any. So I should have been <laughs> a little more worried about it. Mm -hmm. um, and here we are almost 11 years later. 
And it's turned into this really incredible career where I get to keep doing the same thing, which is just making content and connecting with people. And, you know, people always say like, what would you do if you didn't get paid to do it? Right. Like what mm -hmm. that shows you what your passion is. And the fact that I did it for years without getting paid and now, and then found a way to get paid doing it, I think says a lot. Uh, yeah. And being able to stay in the game with that is huge. And along that journey, it kind of started with people just coming to me and being like, oh, how'd you grow your YouTube channel so fast? Or how'd you figure out how to build a website or do this branding? Why are you so confident? How do you know all these things? And then all of a sudden I'm a coach. And not really <laughs> realizing, you know, people are asking me, oh, can I buy a consultation? And I had to Google what consultation was because I didn't even know what that word meant. And, um, and then ironically, once I started studying how to be a better coach and how to be a better marketer and how to make better videos and all these kinds of things, I started doing worse. So that yeah. was like my first sign that there's some, there's this almost this sort of collective current of options that get handed to you. And when that's really informed by a mainstream or an old paradigm or something that's ultimately kind of asleep, it'll get in the way. Like my heart was already unleashed. And then mm -hmm. when I started like reading the blogs on how to do the things that started closing me off. Yeah. So a lot of the reason why, and I appreciate you sharing like the impact of my stuff in the middle of your day where you're able to slow down because you start to realize like when it really comes down to it, almost the exact opposite of what we're told is really how things work and how huh. we're supposed to approach this kind of stuff. So I've been really enjoying the experiment of really leaning into that um, and, and allowing it to be an experiment, you know, so I'm still in that experiment. I don't think that experiment ever ends, but there's definitely mm -hmm. some powerful conclusions that I've landed on that and, and sort of, uh, like any real science, the moment you prove something to be true, then you instantly need to try to prove how it's not true. Right. And there's mm -hmm. been a few particular things like the slowing down or taking a deep breath, certain perspectives, certain beliefs that I carry that have continued to stay, you know, basically unshakable. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. where it's led me now. And how do I continue to stay in that experiment, stay open to what's true, but also take what seems unshakable and continue to sort of implement that into other people's lives so that can ripple out as well. Yeah, I really love that. And, it, you know, to be, I don't know how often you share that far back of your story, but this is the first that I'm hearing of it. And I naturally was looking at my parallel path and I, from day one, from like youth in ninth grade, I was going to, I could tell anybody I'm going to be a teacher and a, a gym teacher and this and that and the other. Mm -hmm. And I've always had this energy to help, to guide, to teach, to lead, but I always tried to fit it in a structure as mm. even in my youth, I was like captains of teams. And then I would always be the leader of a school project and then into collegiate athlete and teacher. And so it, it was always round peg square hole kind of feeling. Mm. However, it, it felt so odd because I knew this was my passion and my purpose. And yet I always followed what, like you were saying, is we're taught that this is the way to do it. And it's quite the opposite. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, I really love that. I really love that that's the perspective that you shared is you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you kind of just went with it and went with the flow. And it actually started to crash a little bit when you tried to manipulate it. And, exactly. and just the way that you follow your intuition. And so what have you had to give up over the course of time in order to truly follow your intuition? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
literally, literally everything. Literally everything. Um, gosh, there. That is really honest. It's every single thing. Everything I thought about myself. Everything I thought about how the world works. About who I am. About even what what works. You know, the moment something works, it it also like wants to flip itself on its head to continue. So it's ironic because I just said, you know, there's been on these shakable things, but that's because of things getting flipped upside down and you yeah. start to realize like what's, but what's been there this whole time. Yeah. So as an example, um, something's been beating my heart this whole time. Yep. Even if it's an anxious beat, right. Or a calm beat. Yeah. Or a or a broke beat or a rich beat or whatever it is, something's beating, and it's not me. Yeah. Right. So that th- th- those types of things continue to ring true in this really powerful way, and I've landed on that and have built such a level of trust in myself and in my reality uh, through that process. But it definitely has been a process of letting go. I've had to let go of relationships. I've had to let go of investments. I've had to let go of tons and tons of different, you know, habits. And, but ultimately all the things I've had to let go of personally are all things that were never mine in the first place, Mm. right? Different patterning and programs and conditioning that gets picked up along the way. I have my own unique history of developmental trauma, just like every other person. And you start to wake up, become an adult and you realize, whoa, why am I like that? I didn't choose Mm -hmm. that. I'm just all of a sudden finding that I am that way. So maybe Mm -hmm. I should drop that. Maybe I should Mm -hmm. let go of that. So there's been many a journey of that. And then in a post that kind of uh, reconnected us more recently, you know, a big part of my journey too has been realizing, regardless of getting conspiratorial about it, just getting really real about it, like there's an agenda to keep humans really small and basically make us zombies, consumer zombies who Mm -hmm. are, you know, overweight and probably have diabetes and probably have some mental health issues and, you know, don't have any money. And there's Mm -hmm. people who put a lot of time and energy and focus to make sure that that continues to play out. Yeah. So what was powerful for me was starting to realize the more I would rise up in my ability to lead my ability to see and embody truth and, and spread that and be effective in that. I would also start to have these self-sabotaging kind of behaviors kind of creep up along beside me. And those things would then start become very easy to justify right? And make excuses for. Um, and then you start to realize like, oh my gosh, that's totally out of alignment and totally out of integrity. And I got to be willing to ask myself where that's really coming from. Yes. And so many of us find ourselves in this, these different forms of self-sabotage and realize we've never, nobody has ever once woken up and said, you know what? I think today I'm going to start drinking at noon and <sighs> pop some pills and just watch Netflix. Right. No one's ever actually decided that. Now you might wake up and notice yourself thinking that because of something you did yesterday or a poor night's sleep or haven't processed a breakup or haven't processed a failure in your business or whatever it might be, but it's never a conscious choice. Yeah. Right. So, so much of that game is for me is also like, how do we, so much of my work revolves around this concept of lucidity, just like Mm -hmm. in a lucid dream to become aware that you're dreaming and how can Mm -hmm. we stay awake enough in our life that we're able to be conscious of those Thing. So I've had to give up all kinds of forms of laziness and uh, stimulation and numbing myself and avoidance and all these things. Yeah. But none of that was possible without bringing in that 
that reality of compassion and realizing like I'm, I was born into a system that wants me to be an alcoholic. Yeah. Right. Yep. It wants me to, and, and even now it's like it, where it gets kind of like sideswiped and kind of confusing where it's like, I was addicted to cannabis for many years, but for many people, cannabis is this very like liberating and very empowering experience. And for many it is, mm-hmm. but there's a very fine line between medicine and uh, just habit. Yeah. Right. So it's like not everyone's, I'm not saying that it's an issue for everyone, but it definitely was for me. I didn't need it for any medical purposes, but then uh, it's pretty easy to convince you. You're like, oh, but it helps with my anxiety. And it's like, no, I just feel anxious when I don't smoke because I'm now (laughs) addicted to smoking it. Yeah. Right. And it becomes a sort of feedback loop. So all kinds of stuff like that. I love it. I love it. And I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, you, you meant we talk, we, so in the end of season two, you're actually in season three, we're launching in the, in February. So this will be a little bit of a delayed release. And so in the end of season two, we were talking, I have a whole episode called celibacy and sobriety. And Mm -hmm. I shared that in the sex and intimacy series. And I started to last year at the beginning of 2019, I really dove face first into my spiritual journey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I started to see exactly what you were sharing, like, hmm, sugar, cannabis, alcohol, sex, like, I am numbing out in certain ways. And, And I had definitely made huge strides. I got divorced in 2016. And that's really where numbing out peaked for me because divorce had activated so many repressed feelings and insecurities that I just, it all came. It was a floodgates, I'll tell you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so the whole idea of checking out or numbing out, really, I was participating full steam ahead. And the more that I transformed, the more that I woke up to how hooked I was, and I really wanted to speak, not the same, I feel the same way you do. It's not necessarily to, to lean towards the conspiracy theories, but to really just awaken us to the fact that people, it is people's jobs to keep us looped in and to perpetuate mm-hmm. our identity, our struggle identity, and to feel like we need to fix ourselves. And I really, I want to acknowledge you personally because the self-mastery aspect we listeners on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, they've heard me talking about it for a whole season now around self-mastery and how even the coaching industry perpetuates the self-development hamster wheel where we need mm-hmm. to keep improving, improving. And so I so appreciate the conversation that you're bringing, the awareness that you're bringing, not only here, but uh, any of your channels as well is the emphasis on self-mastery. And so speak to our listeners on your perspective in that area. Yeah, so let's let's define it, right? Um, I I prefer to define mastery as a devotion to a practice, mm. right? If you think of the master, right, like a martial arts master, they're the first one in the dojo and the last one to leave, yeah. and they still show up and practice. Once you get your black belt, it's not like, oh, cool, I got my black belt, I'm legit now. It's like, no, yeah. I got my black belt. Now it's time to train at black belt level. Yeah. Right. So it always is a practice and there's no getting away from that. As a human being, we're built into this 24 hour cycle and it happens Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. There's no getting away from it. And it's pretty amazing. It actually makes life really simple if you can slow down enough to even hear what I'm saying right now, because the sun, right, the sun's going to keep doing that thing. It comes up, it goes down, right? (laughs) It gets a little colder, it gets a little hotter. And it's this built in cycle, which is the practice. That is, that's it. We all have the same 24 hours. 
So mastery actually is as simple as today because tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Yeah. Right. And I define devotion as commitment steeped in love. Say that one again for the people in the back. Yeah. (laughs) Devotion is commitment, but it's steeped in love. So you have like this commitment, you know, uh, tea, and then you want to steep that tea in a nice big hot mug. Right. And then that there's your devotion, drink it up. And I like, I like, cause so many people think, you know, they want to be more disciplined and more consistent and all of that. And all that just feels very rough mm-hmm. and angular and not too exciting. Yeah. Um, but you can change discipline into blissipline when you realize <laughs> that uh, devotion is actually a, an option. Right. Yeah. And, and even if you just think about if you have a dog if, or if you have a pet, a cat or a dog or whatever, that's instant devotion, right? You're just mm-hmm. in love with this thing. And you make sure it gets fed, you make sure it gets a walk, and it's just, that's just it. It's like you're devoted, yeah. right? And sometimes when you fall in love with a human, it's a similar feeling. There's this, this level of devotion. So how do we kind of translate that and aim that towards our own personal practice, yeah. right? And when you think about what that practice is, and you start to break that down to just how simple that 24-hour cycle is, every single day you have some waking up ritual, period. You have some going to sleep ritual, period. You have an eating ritual, period. You have a using the bathroom ritual. You have a relating to other humans ritual. You have, right? And there's only so many. There's about 10 of those categorically, right? And everyone's a little different. And some days you go three weeks and never even utilize your relating to humans ritual. And then you realize, oh, shit, maybe I could catch up on that, right? But there's only so many of those things. And, uh, you know, I've worked with over a thousand clients in the last 10 years in my mm-hmm. private practice and group programs, retreats, events, and things like that. And nobody, no one's an exception to that case, yeah. right? We all have the same categories. So there's seasons where certain categories uh, naturally become prioritized over others. And that's great. But there's something about that willingness to realize that one, everyone's still just figuring it out any, anyways, right? Everyone's just in their experiment. Mm-hmm. But when you start to break down that the experiment only exists within a 24-hour time frame, right? It kind of reminds me of uh, like the Groundhog's Day movies. Or there's a few of those kind of movies now, right? Where the person kind of gets reset each yeah. day and then they get to make the, the same choices. And we don't really realize that that's actually what's happening to us. But because yeah. we don't know how to integrate ourselves emotionally, we bring all of yesterday's shit into today. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the kind of primary things that I do in my work too, is give people uh, an opportunity to be emotionally integrated, not just conceptually integrated. People talk about integrating things and it's an interesting concept, Um, but as as an actual physiological experience, it's a bit different, Um, but it's, that's how you stay lucid, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're bringing yesterday's emotions into today, then you have this kind of, you know, emotion colored glasses on, Right. As you're looking at, you know, the opportunities that you have, in which case you're looking at them in a false way because it's tainted. Yeah. I'm just sitting here eating up every word you're saying. So excuse me. (laughs) Um, You know, right side by side, I kind of consider them one in the same around self-mastery with the emotional intelligence that you were kind Mm -hmm. of touching on. And our our self-awareness, our ability to catch ourselves doing all of these things and and being able to lucidly be an observer of it happening mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to a participant in the situation. And so there's that mastery of self where you realize like I'm in this lucid dream, I'm in this illusion and 
I can create it to be however I create it to be and be able Mm -hmm. to put your hands kind of back on the wheel of your life. And I really just love it because I think that we do fool ourselves or it's part of that perpetuating thing that we think, okay, I'm a black belt now. I made it. I'm good. I can chill. Mm -hmm. Or there's the idea of marriage, wedding and marriage. Okay. I made it. I'm good. I can chill. Or I love the idea of parenthood too. There's pregnancy, then there's birth, then there's parenthood. Mm -hmm. And it's this perpetual process. And so Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful because I think that we do this in the realm of self-development where we meditate and journal because we think it's the thing that will have us arrive at enlightenment to say, okay, I made it. I'm good. I can chill now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's just a little hairy because then we feel uh, unfulfilled or a little disenchanted with never having arrived. What do you say about that? I say you arrive the moment you were born, like that you won. The moment you're born, you win. And every day after that is a bonus round and you got to act accordingly. Yeah. yeah right? Like I it's a gift. That. It's an absolute gift. Nobody has any idea what's going on. We have no clue how we're here, how any of this works. And yet here you are and something's beating your heart for you every single day. And it takes zero effort from you. To me, that sounds like unconditional love. To me, that sounds like God, right? Mm -hmm. Like whatever that thing's going to be, it's the thing that's allowing all this to happen because it's damn for sure. It's not any of us doing it. Yeah. Right. We're too busy worried about what our Instagram bios look like. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you know, it's funny because you, for whatever reason, the way that I think of humans growing, I think of trees growing. And I, I really love mm. how unabashed they just grow in whatever direction they grow and mm-hmm. they drop their leaves whenever. And so I'm, I'm, oh, I love it. I love it. And so how, you know, it, you've been doing this for 11 years. And so I imagine the way that you serve humans has evolved naturally over time with you. Mm-hmm. And so in what capacity do you work with people nowadays? So there's kind of two primary ways in which I do that. One is in my, just in my private practice, which is kind of encapsulated in a program that I call rare form. Mm. And the idea is, you know, a lot of us are like that idea of, oh, I made it or that form of enlightenment is, is a, it's a verb. It's a process, you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle and it's a way of being. Um, so I work with a lot of mostly entrepreneurs and executives, business owners, things like that who have that sort of drive and are aware of that version of them. You know, we've had those days where it's like, you got a good night's sleep and then you wake up and you're on fire and you do all the things and you get it done. And you also had fun and you also got to flirt and play and it all kind of fits somehow. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes this sort of fleeting thing and then it disappears. Right. So I help kind of extract that rare form out of people and get clear on what are the pillars that allow that to become permanent. Yeah. Um, and not permanent in some rigid dogmatic, I got to do my 30 minute meditation exactly the same way every single morning or else I'm doing it wrong kind of thing. But actually in this very flowing way um, that leaves a lot of space for spontaneity um, Mm -hmm. because that's really the most fun it is anyways. But just going really, really deep with people, uh, I feel really grateful and blessed that it's basically my job to find people who are making change in the world And then they hire me to be in their corner and basically study them, Mm. right? And I get to ask all the hard questions. We get to talk about all the things they don't talk to anybody else about, all the things they don't post about online. Um, And we get to dive really deep in that. And I feel really blessed and really honored because 
I think that's what the world needs now more than anything, right? We all talk about vulnerability and, and being genuine and authentic online, but being vulnerable in a social media post doesn't really exist. That's not really a real thing. Yeah. Being on a call or sitting in a room with another human being and having them ask you the question you were hoping they didn't ask you, that's being vulnerable, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I get to do with people, which is great. And then the other side of my work is taking those same sort of principles, but applying it specifically to, you know, successful and, or, you know, but imbalanced successful men yeah. in my masterful man program, because a lot of guys, you know, they'll, if you're good at sales and marketing and have maybe some caffeine or some cocaine or some Adderall, you can make a bunch of money. Period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you know how to just go for it and you know how to talk and you can just like have the conversations and make it happen. You make a bunch of money, but a lot of people and a lot of men specifically, and since I'm, you know, come from that space, they turn off all these other systems in order to do that. So I take the guys who are like, Oh, whoa, I just had my first, you know, seven figure year or my first, you know, multiple five figure month. Holy crap. My whole life gets to be different. Why am I mm -hmm. so unhappy, unhealthy and, you know, yeah. low energy, why am I drinking, you know, even if it's just a glass of wine every night or a couple mm -hmm. beers every night, why they still yeah. feel that like that feels, something feels weird and it feels gross and it feels off. Yeah. And then it's ultimately getting in the way of the things they actually want, which is to feel incredible in their body and be able to go really deep with the women in their life, uh, mm -hmm. be able to build really like genuine and integral relationships and things like that. So I bring, you know, together a small group of men at a time and we mm -hmm. go really deep for a couple months and do some in-person work. And uh, just, it's, it's the best thing ever. It's so much fun. I'm with you and I get that. And, um, you know, I'd love to ask a, a question. It takes us back to the surface a little bit with, we're in a world where it, it's so fun to watch the shift happening where mental health, emotional intelligence, it's becoming more mainstream. And so mm -hmm. what do you say to the people who are still by, like, because, you know, our industry, coaching, uh, influencer, social media, it's still really sexy in the way that like hearing six and seven figure this and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, million followers that, that we're still kind of chasing some vanity metrics. And yet yeah. vulnerabilities like intertwined there and being in touch with your intuition. And so what do you say about that shift that's happening? And what would you love to say to our listeners who are really, I love what you said about no matter what they're doing, they know it kind of feels a little off or gross, but how do they start mm -hmm. to lean towards the authentic side? Well, the fact that they would even care about a question like that proves yep. they're already leaning on the authentic side. Yeah. So a big part of the process is like hearing me say that and knowing that that's true and then actually letting that land, right? So that just looks like taking a deep breath right now, maybe a little smile on your face, even if you got to fake it, right? Cause that's a choice. It's a, it's a choice to go, you know what? I am on that side. And how could anybody even be in charge of me choosing that? And then you have to realize that being on that side means you're on the side of life, right? It means you're on the side of harmony and, and evolution. And there's like this driving this life force behind goodness and behind care. Um, so every time you step into that river, you're in the flow of that river right? And you have that whole current backing you up and you have, you know, generations of ultimately billions of people who are on that team as well. And there's a lot to pull. There's really an infinite wellspring of energy and insight to pull from that, right? So if you're already having that conversation, right? Like 
shitty people don't stop and be like, ah, I wonder if I'm being shitty enough right now. <laughs> right? Like that's not, that's not, they don't do that. They're just, they just keep going. They're just crazy in moment. People don't know they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just in their own momentum. Right. And it's really us really wonderful humans who don't have, you know, as many quote unquote followers as we, there's nothing wrong with wanting a lot of followers. I do. I'm excited to be uh, a billionaire and reach hundreds of millions of people. Awesome. Because it's for the sake of something absolutely wonderful that my heart sings and screams at me on a daily basis. Right. Totally. So there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact that we're sitting here judging ourselves, wondering if we're doing it right, or if this is going to be okay, or if this makes sense, that's what actually what's getting in the way. Yeah. You know, I got to jump right in there with you because I think it's such a great topic is wanting, being okay with wanting to make that big of a difference and make that much money for the good and, you know, creating that. Because I think that there's a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs or people with books in their heart and stories to share or gifts to use and put forth in the world that ultimately experience the guilt of wanting to charge for it or get any admiration Mm -hmm. or attention for it. What do you have to say about that? I say, uh, have you ever been to a restaurant and are you, (laughs) are you upset that they want money to make you food? No, Mm. you're very happy. You know, a great meal. You are so happy to pay for it. You wonder why it was so cheap and you give them a big fat tip because the service was great. (laughs) right and the truth is so every single we live in a social world period Mm -hmm. which means and every type of social interaction is some kind of exchange period and whether that exchange includes money or not is irrelevant it's all an exchange and every single human being has at least one thing and it's more like dozens if not hundreds but at least one thing that they absolutely love doing that provides tons of value to other people Mm-hmm. And that, and if you would like, you can turn that into a business. A hundred percent. Right. So there, it's not even about money or deservedness or any of these kinds of things. It's just realizing that's already happening. You already give to people and they get something out of it. And there's some kind of exchange that happens. But yeah. also, just like how we judge ourselves and get in the way, we can also get in the way of us receiving that exchange. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. truth is, that's also part of, you know, there's a lot of programming out there that convinces us around this notion of worthiness or deservedness when really those concepts don't, they don't actually exist. Right. There are design. We've created that conversation. Yeah. And it's completely subjective. It's subjective and it's also a choice. And to be fair, if you've practiced a certain choice enough, then it is real. It's real in your body. It's real in your brain. And then Mm -hmm. it takes a new practice to change how you're wired. Yeah. I love Abraham Hicks referencing that a belief is just a thought continued to be thought and mm-hmm. how we integrate and cement it so so solid <clears throat> and so that we can truly shift that. And I, yeah. I appreciate that perspective because we, especially those listening to Hearts Unleashed, it's always to encourage people to find that one gift or that the dozens of gifts that you innately have and be so in celebration of them that you can't help but to share them. That would be the only thing left to do with yourself (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's like when you find that gift and you realize that for many many people that's exactly what they want like they're they would love to give you money for it they would absolutely love to do that I had a mentor tell me one time too like if you like found a cure for cancer would you ever shut up about it right 
right? So if you make like the best apple pies on your side of town, <laughs> why would you be quiet about that? Yeah. Right. If you are really good at teaching kids how to play the piano, you know, why would you ever shut up about that? And, and, and you can scale that to any industry, any service, any whatever that it is. And at the end of the day, too, not everybody is needs to be or is even supposed to be a coach or a public speaker or travel the world and write a book and do all that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that. If you really like baking stuff, you can bake stuff. If you really like raising kids, then raise kids, you know, yeah. and, and, and team up with somebody else who does their gift in a different way. Right. Yeah. Like there's really no rules to that. And I think it's also something that the entrepreneurial space doesn't tout enough, mm-hmm. which adds a lot more pressure for people because everyone thinks that they need to be uh, the next Marie Forleo or yeah. Dave Asprey or, or mm-hmm. Tony Robbins or whatever it is. When the truth is like, you're just probably not, yeah. <laughs> you're supposed well, to you- be you. Yeah, you really nailed it right on the head with Hearts Unleashed too, because it's like, it doesn't matter what that looks like. And I'm so glad you gave a little shout out to our moms, because, you know, I think that it often happens where if we choose to be a parent and a great one, that then all of a sudden we're missing identity in career or vocation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so we can so beautifully marry the fact that what you came here to do and you're doing it well and it brings you joy, then that's enough, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Music to my ears, Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and also, uh, did I read that you're musically inclined? Inclined. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I play music. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And I remember asking about what it looks like for you to live your heart unleashed. And so what does that look like for Nathaniel Solis? It reminds me of Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, which is yeah. a must read for anybody listening if you haven't read that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about, he has this whole chapter talking about keeping your heart open and this notion of, or, or the idea that you'll get to this point where you've done the work and you're in that practice and you're so devoted that you'll catch yourself saying closed heart. What do you mean closed? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even get, it's just such a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I read that at the beginning of my journey, you know, about 10 years ago, and that stuck with me in this, such an interesting way. And then there's some other quote, I don't know who says it, but it's like, nothing's worth closing your heart over. Mm. So yeah. my honest answer is that my heart is always open and it's always unleashed. And then I find plenty, which, which leads to a lot of, I'm a very excited person and there's a lot of energy here. So I love to channel that through playing music. Um, I do different kind of uh, intimate healing sound activation little things you could say with a loop station and I play just about any instrument you can hand to me. I could do something cool with it. And um, so I love doing that. I love writing music, but with my loop station, I love just improvising and coming up with stuff, creating a beat or some sort of soundscape. And then I just delete it and that never exists. That exact sound will never exist ever again. And I've created probably just in the last year that I've had this loop station, probably a thousand different songs that will never exist ever again. Occasionally some kind of come back in this echo, which is cool to kind of notice Mm -hmm. something that kind of sticks with me, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But music is a big part of it. And then my, uh, my relationship uh, with my partner, Jessica, that's been my, actually my word for 2019 was heart. We fell in love right at the beginning of that year. And we've been together a year now and that's just been such a beautiful and, really potent place to let my unleashed heart just pour into something. I love that. And I, I also am such a big fan of words of the year. What's your 2020 word of the year? This year it's value. 
Mm. Really, really ensuring that I'm just really valuing myself in deeper and deeper ways and bringing as much value as possible into everything that I'm doing, whether it's my pers- any personal protocols around health or performance um, it, into my relationship and then everything that I do with my clients and my work and just not skimping. I love that. I love that. So thank you. And you have certainly provided us plenty of value today. So as we begin to wrap mm. it up, uh, will you please let our listeners know where they can find and follow and friend and fan you? <laughs> yeah, I think Instagram's the best place. I have a lot of fun there. If you just search my name on Instagram or Facebook, feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook. I don't do anything on like my Facebook business page. Um, and then NathanielSauls.com is my website and there's some cool stuff there. Wonderful. We'll be sure to do all the links and all that fun stuff. But I really do want to thank you for bringing the value today in this conversation and sharing your unleashed and open, wide open heart. Um, great perspectives. And I'm sure our listeners got a bunch out of it. And I know I did. And it's, it's really nice to connect with other people doing this work in the world. Yeah. Thank you, Abigail. It was really a pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you, Hearts. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for meeting us here today. Be sure to go share your unleashed heart. Be sure to friend Nathaniel and let him know what you got out of today's conversation. And just thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.